All right, I will say good morning, good morning, a good tevach. Wonderful, Baruch Hashem, to be back. New week, last week of Masechah Sota. Emeritz Hashem, what a, what a wonderful and exceptional, incredible journey. And it'll end just as magnificently as we began. So we begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Thanking our th- sponsors for this morning. Share. Thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of ER. Stephen Tarizin. In honor of their newest grandson, Matan Shmuel Aaron, we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, he will grow to be an incredible Ben Torah, source of nachas for his mishpacha, admea ve'esrim shanim tovos. Also, a public service reminder, today is Mother's Day. And incredibly, incredible. Don't, don't be one of those people who says, oh, every day is Mother's Day. Yeah, people who say every day is Mother's Day, that's another way of saying no day is Mother's Day. Again, and even if you're wonderful to your mother, and, even, and by the way, also don't go ahead and try to use the line that I don't have to celebrate Mother's Day for my wife because she's not my mother, right? I've heard that one a couple of times. Again, always backfires, short to backfire. However, again, on a, on a serious note, it's so important, you know, the, the, role, the role ultimately, again, of a mother and the role of a wife in a home and in a family cannot even be described, cannot even, it, it, it's, 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 what, what, what a mother does in a mishpacha can never be truly understood and can never be fully appreciated. So make sure if a person is zochah to have their mother in this world, to be able to take the opportunity and just express akara satov, and just take the opportunity to thank one's mother for all of the things you know about and remember all of the incredible things that you don't know about. And if a person is privileged, Baruch Hashem, to have a spouse who has put in all of her effort to raise children or is raising children, make sure to take the time today to express the proper hakara satov as well. Well, so with that, let us begin. I'm sorry. Oh, the thank you to Gabi Kohn, Gabi and Shana Kohn for sponsoring the Mizonos this morning for the Dafyomi Shir in honor of their sons Eli's Bar Mitzvah. Shkach. All right, well, so with that, let us begin. Mishnah, today's daf is Membav 46. We are beginning at the Mishnah on the bottom of Memham at Bay's 45. Be a lot to do today. You may have noticed the daf and Mar a little bit longer than usual. Uh, but Baruch Hashem filled with, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll move quickly today. <clears throat> I like to say that, even though it's clearly not true. But, okay, let's let's begin. So I'll say, so the Mishnah on Memhem, days 45b. Niftiru Ziknei Yushalayim Hoklan. So remember again, we're going through in the Mishnayis, the process of Egla Arufa. So at this point in time, remember, the Mishnah picks up where the measurement is done by members of the Sanhedrin, right? Which is very interesting. The measurement itself done by the members of the Sanhedrin. So the Mishnah picks up, the members of the Sanhedrin have determined the closest city to the corpse. At this point in time, the members of the Sanhedrin take leave. So at this point in time, once the elders of the Sanhedrin leave, so then the elders of the closest city, they begin their process. And what do they do? So step one, they bring an Eglas Bakr, a young calf, that has that has never pulled a yoke, which again essentially means has never done work. Has never done work. The Ein Hamun Interestingly enough, we don't care if the Egla Arufa has a mum or not. Mum does not, a blemish does not disqualify by the Egla Arufa. And we go ahead and we bring this young calf down to Nachal Eisen. I will say we're going to see Nachal Eisen is not the name of a place. Rather, Nachal Eisen <coughs> is a descriptive term. We bring it down to a nach. What does this mean? Now, Eisan kemashmao kasha. But also, we bring it down. Now, nachal literally again is a dried riverbed, right, or a valley, right. So the idea of it is we bring it down to an area that has that has not been worked, right, infertile ground. Now we'll see exactly what what that means. Afa Sidimar says Afa pishaino Eisan kasha. But at the end of the day, even if you bring it to a place that's not Eisan, where the earth is not hard. Ultimately, again, the Egla Rufa process is kosher. And we, we literally, again, break the neck of the calf from behind. Now, we'll say, really, what we're aiming for is decapitation, right? It's not just the breaking of the neck, but ultimately, again, it's the decapitation of the calf from behind. And the area upon which the calf was decapitated you are not permitted to go ahead and work that soil, work that land, or plant it. But you can comb flax there, or chisel stones there. 
So now, the, I will say, after the elders have decapitated the calf, the next thing they do is they wash their hands, they wash their hands on the place where the decapitation took place. And they recite the following. Our hands have not spilled this blood. So I will say, it's almost, so quite literally, I will say, by the way, the notion of washing your hands of responsibility, that expression, I wash my hands of responsibility, comes from Egla Arufa, right? That's where this comes from. They're washing their hands over this saying, we do not bear any responsibility for what happened to this individual. So the Mishnah says, I don't understand. Is there even such a halamina? Do we even have to, like, did they have to make such a statement like this? Did we have any suspicion that the elders of the Beisden went ahead and washed their hands? Rabbi Gemara, what, I'm sorry, that the elders of the Beisden went ahead and spilled this blood. Is there ever such a Havamina like that? To which the Gemara says, no, no, Elo, Shalom Ba'al Yadinu Patrinu Belo Mazon, Velo Reinu Ovenichu Belo Levia. Rather, what they were saying was, we did not shirk our responsibilities towards this individual. See, I both say, we're going to discuss this more in the Gemara. The overarching tragedy of the Egla Arufa, of this situation, is someone died because he was alone. Someone was killed because, in other words, that's how we understand this narrative. We find this corpse. Why is he dead? Why is he dead? Someone murdered him. And the assumption is, why was he murdered? Why, 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 why did this happen? Or why was this able to happen? Because he, had, he was alone. He was alone. And because he was alone, he was vulnerable. So therefore, when the zikne, when the, when, when the zikinim of the closest city come along, and they wash their hands, and they say, what they're saying was, we did not neglect this person. Or at least, we did not intentionally neglect this person. It's not like we saw him and didn't offer him hospitality. It's not like we saw him and we didn't offer him escort. He literally, we just didn't see him. So, somehow, somehow, we missed him on the communal radar, which I will say is such an incredible you sort if you think about it. You see, we'll say what they're saying is we didn't intentionally neglect him. Now, Khabra, Lamaisa, was he neglected? Was he neglected? Yeah. Which tells you an incredible so you so that in community, in community, by just almost by default, there are people who are peripheralized, marginalized, and neglected. Not because the community doesn't care, but just because it's what happens. Right? Often you just can't keep track of everyone. So by definition, even if we're feeling and even if we're attentive, there are people who just slip through the cracks. And that's why, again, just on a community level, on a shul level, on a kahila level, it's so important to always be attentive to the people around us. Because you never know who's struggling, you never know who's alone, and kind of the more communal eyes that we have that are open and attentive, the more we do our job of holding each other close. And incredibly so, so they wash their hands over this agla just to say, obviously the guy was left alone, he was neglected, but not chas shalom intentionally. Now apparently, the Apostle makes, re- makes reference to the fact that the Kohanim, that there are Kohanim are present. So what do the Kohanim say? The Kohanim omrim, so I'll say the Kohanim say, atone for your nation that you have redeemed and do not allow innocent blood to be shed within the midst of your people. So So the Kohanim did not have to say the phrase and let the blood be atoned for them. But rather, again, I will say, it was almost as if a Racha Kodesh would state this. So ultimately, I will say that last phrase, the Kohanim did not have to say it. Why? Because it was understood that after you go through the process of Egla Arufa, Egla Arufa affects atonement. So when it says, Ruach HaKodesh Mevasrasan, it doesn't literally mean that there was a spirit of prophecy. What it means is there's a cause and effect. Kalish Baruch Hu says, if you engage in the process of Egla Arufa, then by definition, atonement comes. Well, say incredible, incredible. Says the Gemara, So remember again, one of the things that the Mishnah said, so we're introduced to a number of things over here. First of all, first, and just in the halachos of Egla Arufa itself. Number one, we're going to see that it has to be a young calf within one year old. Number two, number two, mum, blemishes do not negatively impact. In other words, you could use a paradum, um, an Egla Arufa, even if it is blemished. 
Okay, I will say, now number three is, Lomashcha Ba'al, it did not do work. So you have to have an Englo that's within one year, never did any work, but we don't care, we don't care if it has a mum. Fine, now says the Gemara, Behemun Posal, Beglami Kavachomer, why don't we say that a mum, a blemish, should invalidate an Egla Arufa, based on a Kavachomer? What's the Kavachomer? Umapra, so we'll say, so now what we're going to see is a prolonged discussion regarding similarities and differences between Egla Arufa and para aduma, right? So remember again, just to get our term straight, egla arufa, right? Decapitated calf when you find the corpse. Para aduma, red heifer, for, that's used, whose ashes are used ultimately to purify from Tomas mace. So watch this. So the Gemara says, Umah, para she'ina, shanim post lispa. Well, so when it comes to para aduma, we don't really care how old the animal is, right? There's no age requirement for the animal. So mum posebo, yet again, obviously again, a mum does invalidate a para aduma. Egla sheshanen posalasba. So an egla rufa, where age is a qualifier or disqualifier, eno din sheimum posalba. We should say that a mum should also passel by egla rufa. To which the Gemara says, shiny hasam egla rufa is different. Why? Damakra asher ein ba mum, because it will say the pasuk says by the egla. I'm sorry, by the para ein ba mum. Mum posal the ein mum posal by egla. A mum is only passels by egla rufa. Sorry, by paraduma, but not by egla rufa. Fine. Elamiata, lo you sharavodos poslosba. I banal should say that other that maybe avoda working with para aduma shouldn't go ahead and invalidate it. Alama amrav yuda amrav. But yes, why is it the same name of rav? Himiachala uda shall sakin psula. They both say this is very interesting. When it comes to para aduma, when it comes to para aduma, even if you just placed literally again uda shall sakin means a bundle of sacks, right? A bundle of sacks. On, on, on the paraduma, ultimately, again, it's psula. So we'll say, now, what's interesting about that? Right? What's interesting about that? What's interesting about that is, even though, even though the paraduma didn't do anything, right? It's just holding the stuff on its back, right? It didn't do anything. Nevertheless, that passels. Ube'egla, achetimshoch. So we'll say, an interesting distinction. Both paraduma and egla rufa, you're not allowed to work the animal. Yet the definition of work seems to be different for both. By paraduma, once the animal carries any, any semblance of a load, even if it didn't move, that passels the animal. By egla rufa, achetimshoch. Until what? Until it moves. Until it carries something. In other words, carry through movement. Shiny para, para is different. Why? Diafinon ol ol me egla. Because you make the gzir shava of ol ol from egla. Any, any yoke that is upon it. Aye. Egla nami tisi all all me para. So why don't we say egla rufa shlosa learn out all all from para? I was making a reverse limud also and say that just as carrying the load, even without even without moving it, disqualifies by para dumu is disqualified by egla rufa. Hamiyet rachmana ba be egla. So I'm sorry. Hamiyet rachmana ba. Torah uses an exclusionary phrase of ba. I be egla nami ksiv. I be egla rufa also says ba. Homiut hahu mi baile lemiute kachim. So we'll say, interestingly enough, the ba of Egla Rufa comes to exclude kachim, sacrificial animals. Exclude them from what? Listen to this. To the paslabu avoda. Very interesting, I will say. Very interesting. Sacrificial animals are not disqualified if you work them. Interesting, right? So I just want to point out, Egla Rufa, disqualified if you work it. If you work it, right? Paraduma, disqualified if you work it. I would have thought along the same lines, kachin, sacrificial animals, disqualified if you work them. Kamash malan, ba. Ba is a limiting phrase that appears by egla rufa paraduma. Only those animals are disqualified by work. Sacrificial animals, not disqualified by work. Fascinating, no? Ba- no? Yeah. yeah, thank you. Good, right? Ba. Fascinating. We'll say, listen to this. Watch this. I would have thought as follows. Leisei bekavachomer me egla. I might have thought learned from a kavachomer from egla rufa. Uma eglosh, uma eglosh she'in mum posaba. The boss egla rufa is not disqualified through a mum. Okay. Yet avoda poselas ba. Yet the boss say working the animal does disqualify the animal. So I would have thought what kachim shemum poselas ba him. Eno din shavoda poselas ben so kachim right sacrificial animals which are disqualified through a mum certainly what. Avoda work should disqualify them as well. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 because you can make up your right? You can destroy the kavah, you, you can undermine the kavah homer. Ma'la egla shekin shanim poslos ba. Egla rufa will say, also has an age disqualification, right? It's got to be within a year. Within a year. We'll say, yeah, with, with, 
Okay, more to say about this. We're gonna to have to get through this stuff. Remind me about age. Age. Shikin Shalom Postal's ba atu kadshiv. So Gemara says, "Bon second, Elul Rufa is different. Why? Because you have an age issue, right? You can age out, which Gemara seems to say doesn't apply by kadshim." Tuvim Shalom says, "That's not true." Ikala Mifrach Malak. I'm sorry, Malak Aglas Shikin Shalom Postal's ba atu kadshim milaka depasi b'shalom. Bon second, are you saying that by carbonos? Sacrificial animals ultimately again age does not play a role. I both say that's not true. We know again that by certain carbonos, by certain carbonos, there are there are age restrictions. Take a look, for example, Jose Rashi's on both sides of the page over here. Look on the left hand column of Rashi, first line. Milek the pasul b'shanavari Pesach the chatos tichsev b'hu b'neishna son. Both say carbon Pesach and the chatos have to be within a year. Have to be within a year, right? So ultimately again, you see that age plays a role. By Kachim as well, to which the Umar says, You're right. Ki itzrich kra, lahanach Kachim de Pasla Bahushanim, o Kachim de la Pasla Bahavoda. So I'm sorry. So the Umar says, Let me read that again. Ki itzrich kra, when do I need the Pasik? Lahanach Kachim de Pasla Bahushanim. So we'll say, Dafka, this is actually very interesting. What the Umar is suggesting is like this It's Dafka the Kachim, which do have an age limitation, and in that respect, they are similar to Egla Rufa and Para Aduma, and therefore the Ba. By both Paraduma and Eglarufa comes to say that it's only work that disqualifies by those two animals, but work does not disqualify by Kachim. Incredible. So I want to say, so just kind of, just we're aligning everything up, just going to say one major distinction already, is that there is an Isra Avoda, one can't work with a Paraduma, one can't work with an Eglarufa. Now granted, what we've already seen is, there might be different types of work that disqualify those two animals. But a very important takeaway, the Isra Avoda does not apply by Kachim does not apply by carbonos. So if you take a sacrificial animal and you work it, and you work it, you haven't disqualified the animal. And I will say, now just to keep everything in mind, you haven't disqualified the animal, what have you done, potentially? Made a blemish. Right? I'm sorry? Well, you might have made a blemish, go to what else? What have you definitely transgressed? Mi'ilah. Remember again, we're not, we're not getting into that right now, but use of a sacrificial animal for mundane purposes. So in other words, you use your sacrificial sheep to carry back your groceries from Seven Mile, right? So, so Lamaisa, so Lamaisa, you haven't disqualified the animal, but that's called Mi'ilah. That's called Mi'ilah. Uh, you can potentially blemish it, but even if you don't blemish it, that's called Mi'ilah. Well, so just, just, and something to think about, by the way, something to think about how, how ultimately, again, certain things, avoda, work, disqualify, and other things work, don't disqualify. For us, just on a, on a hashkafic level, why doesn't avoda disqualify by kachim? Because Rabbi was saying, the whole yisod of kidusha, by definition, requires avoda. There is no kidusha without avoda. Avoda doesn't disqualify kidusha. Avoda creates kidusha. We're going to see that stands in contradistinction to other types of things, to other things like tara, for example, which is para aduma or kapara, which is egla arufa. Just hold it in the back of your mind. But at least when it comes to kachim, just on a hashkafic level, avoda can't disqualify kedusha because there is no kedusha without avoda. All right, Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, V'kachim Are you telling me that we learn out the concept that avoda does not disqualify kachim from here? Is that learned out from here? Mehasam we learn out from elsewhere. Iveres o shavor o charutz o yabelas o garav o yalefes lo sakrivo ela lashem. So we'll say this is talking about the different mumin, the different blemishes that an animal could have that would render it unfit for sacrificial purposes. So the Gemara says ela. Now again, the lashon is ela. These ela yatamakriv. You can't offer up these animals of a atamakriv kachim shenevda banavoda, but you can offer up kachim. Ultimately, again, where the animal has done work. So we'll say, this seems to be the source. So the Gemara is not disputing the halacha. What is the Gemara disputing? The source. You were telling me the source is learned out from Ba, from Ba by Agla Rufa. Now the Gemara is learning it out from here. So what's going on? It's you need them both. So listen to this. I might have thought that ultimately, again, when does Avoda not disqualify a sacrificial animal? That's when you performed a permitted type of avoda. Aval avodas isr emalisiru. Aye, but what happens if the animal performed a forbidden, a forbidden type of avoda? Maybe ultimately again that should disqualify. I will say, for example, for example, 
Let's say you have a sacrificial animal which plowed your field on Shabbos. You might have thought that such an avoda would disqualify the animal. Therefore, again, Kamashmala, no. Kamashmala is both say two different psukim. One, one limo to teach me that avodas heter, permitted, permitted work, doesn't disqualify the sacrificial animal. And the other to teach you that even prohibited work does not disqualify the sacrificial animal. So what we learned this after another source as well. So the Gemara this you cannot offer up. But you could offer up sacrificial animals which were used for work. It's tricks I need it for the following reason. But say second wide line. Listen to this. I might have thought, when doesn't work disqualify a sacrificial animal? When you worked it before it became consecrated. The Gemara says, But I would have thought that if you worked the animal when, once it already became consecrated, perhaps it should become disqualified. Therefore, Tzvicha, so I will say, essentially, I need all of these different limudim. So I will say, you have, a, you have a whole bunch of limudim to teach you. In other words, number one, let's work backwards. Number one, not even if you work the animal when it was already consecrated, it's not disqualified. Number two, if you did permitted work with the animal, it's not disqualified. And number three, even if you did prohibited work with the animal, it's not disqualified. So we'll say, let's go back to what we said before. Gufa. We'll say, third wide line, mem vav amadalif. Gufa. Amrav yudamrav. Hiniachala oda shal sakin. Psula, so both say, remember, paraduma, paraduma, even if you just place a load on the animal. And I both say, now, uda shosakin is relatively light load, right? It's a bundle of sacks, right? This is talking about like, a, like, like empty and empty sacks. So you go and you put a bundle of sacks on the egla arufa, sorry, on the paraduma. Ultimately, again, the para is disqualified, right? What's the chiddish there? What's the chiddish? Even though the para has not pulled anything, right? It's just carrying something in a stationary position, it is possible. It is possible. But by Egla Rufa, Egla Rufa is only disqualified through work, only when? Once it pulls a load. Once it pulls a load. So may sway, so may sway, may sway, all, in the Ella all. Pasik says all, carries yoke. I only know about a yoke. Right, shar avodos minayin. What about again other types of avoda? In other words, so we'll say, I don't know that it carries a yoke. What about other types of avoda? Amrit kavachomer. Say it's kavachomer. What's the kavachomer? Uma egla. When it comes to egla rufa, she'en mumposa Where a mum doesn't disqualify it yet, shar avodos poslospa. All other types of labor will disqualify. Para shemum posa ba. Para duma. Where a mum does disqualify it, eno din shar avodos poslin ba. Does it go without saying that other avodos do disqualify it? So the Gemara says, But you can go further and say, It says over here, all, and it says over there, all. But just like over there, by by Egla Rufa, other avodos possible. Afkan shar avodos poslos. So to over here, other avodos will be possible. To which the Gemara says, What does it mean if you want to say? You could always ask a pircha on this kavachomer. What's the pircha? Mala egla shekain shanim post lo spa egla of rabos. I remember has an age has an age requirement. What's the age requirement? Less than a year, right? Within a year. So ultimately, again, so therefore, shouldn't that call off the entire comparison? In something about the mash mala egla shekain shanim post lo spa inami kachim yochihu. Or you could bring in kachim as the pircha. What's the pircha? Shemum post sal bahen. Because ultimately, again, mum passes by kachim, yet the ain avoda poselas plan, but avoda does not disqualify. Several <coughs> say the Gemara says, you're right. Ne'emar kan ol, the ne'emar lahalon ol. Bosev Xer Shava says over here, all it says over there, all. Ma lahalon shar avodos, just like over there, other types of labor disqualify. Afkan shar avodos. So too over here, other types of labor disqualify. So it's not just simply the carrying of a yoke. But rather, again, it's going to be any form of labor that has the ability to disqualify. Omimokam shebasa. And I will say, now let's go back to our original source of this halacha. Ma'alahalon achetim shalach. Afkan achetim shalach. Well, let's say, if you're going to do that, then we should equate work in all respects. Meaning what, Rabbi say? The same way that the egla arufa is only invalidated when? 
when it pulls a load, why don't we say the same thing by para aduma? That it's only going to be invalidated when? When it pulls a load. Not just simply carrying a load is not going to be enough. To which the Gemara says, you're right. Tanoihi. In reality, I both say this concept of what type of work invalidates a para aduma is in fact subject to a machlokis tanoim. Here we go. I'm sorry. So I will say there are some that learn the source of the work disqualification from Egla Rupa, and some who learn the source of work disqualification from Paraduma. This Sanya, here we go. This Sanya, we learned all, only Allah all. So I will say when it comes to all, I only know that all, that a yoke disqualifies. Sharav al Dusminan. But how do I know that even other forms of labor disqualify? Tamulomar, Asherlo Aleho, all Mikomakom. Shabbos says almost as if we go ahead and we we kind of split that phrase. We look at it as Asherlo Allah Aleho is work. All is a specific type of work. But that general phrase of Asherlo Allah, Asher Lo Allah Aleho ultimately teaches me that all forms of work disqualify. Sigmar says, MK, Matamulamar, all. So what's unique about all? In other words, if, if you're going to make a general statement, Asher lo Allah Allah teaches me that any type of work goes in and disqualifies. So what do I need all for? To which the Gemara says, all posel bein bishas avoda, bein shalom bishas avoda. This is fascinating. But say, watch this. A yoke, a yoke disqualifies whether the animal is working or not. In other words, we'll say, the mere placement of a yoke on the animal ultimately goes ahead and says that animal is being worked. It disqualifies. So whether it's being worked or not being worked, it disqualifies. Shara avodos in poslos ela bishas avoda. Other avodos will say only, only disqualify when? When? If the animal is actively doing so. We'll say, I just want to point out something absolutely amazing. You see from here an incredible Musra Haskell as well. So you said, what the Gemara is saying is like this. The notion of just wearing a yoke, even without doing anything with it, is incredibly meaningful and is considered working. I will say, this is the best piece of Gimar we've ever learned. Because what does the teacher will say? See, what do we do every single day by Kriya Shema? Right? What, what's our avodah by Kriya Shema? Our avodah Shema We are taking upon us all Malchus Shamayim. I'm accepting this, we call it the yoke. I'm accepting the sovereignty, the oneness, the leadership, the rulership of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on myself. Well, a lot of times we think to ourselves, that's really nice. But you know what? I'm not really living it. I'm accepting it, but I'm not living it. After all, again, I commit Averas, I do things I'm not supposed to be doing. So clearly I'm not really accepting the sovereignty of HaKadosh Baruch Hu upon myself. Well, say, what do you see from this Gemara? The act of wearing a yoke even if you don't do anything with it, is still considered to be halachically meaningful. The mere acceptance of the mere wearing it, the mere, I, I wear it, so we'll say, what, it's, it's a forshigimara, right? You put a yoke on the para aduma, you put a yoke on it, or you put a yoke on the egla rufa, you're done. You're done. I should say para aduma, simple para aduma. Right, para aduma. But the animal didn't move, the animal didn't go to, the act of wearing the yoke, by definition of Zanavod, we'll say, for us as well, Sometimes, we'll say the reality is, you know what's the hardest part about being a person? Hardest part about a human being is living the things you believe in. There's so many things I believe in in my heart, right? So many truths I live with. I don't have, a, I don't have problems knowing what I believe in. My problem is living what I believe in. And so often we think, well, if you don't live it, believing it is meaningless. It's not true. It's not true. Wearing the yoke even if you don't take one step with it, it's still something meaningful in the eyes of the Rebona Shalom. Wearing a yoke is a form of avoda, even if you don't take one step. Now, of course, the goal, the goal is to plow the field with the yoke, right? An animal that just stands there with a the yoke is not going to be a very helpful or productive animal. So my goal is to take the yoke kabbalas, and then live my beliefs. But sometimes we're in a state in life where for whatever the reason I can't live it. Even if you can't live it, wearing it, believing it, is still something meaningful as well. Incredible. So the Imar goes right. So I'll say, maybe I should say this. I should dash the Pasuk in a different way. Maybe that phrase, literally again, that, that nothing has come upon the animal. That's a klal. All prat, 
I'll lose a specific statement. So what do I have? I have a klal prat, and therefore in bechlal elamasha beprat. Ultimately, again, I would say that whatever you have a klal and a prat, so ultimately the klal is limited by the prat. So all in midiachrin alone. Maybe the pasuk is a klal and a prat, and therefore really both said the, the the result of the pasuk is it's only a yoke that disqualifies. Any other form of work does not disqualify. To which the Gemara says, Ash, ash, asher, ribuyhu. Both of the word asher, right? Asher, asher, ultimately again is a ribuy. That is an inclusive phrase. Okay? We have a b'risa by egla rufa with the same type of idea. All, imi ela all. We'll say, so again, by egla rufa also, it says it can't carry a yoke. I only know a yoke. Have I know that other forms of avoda also disqualify? Tamud lomar asher lo uvad ba mikamakom. So we'll say once again have the asher, which ultimately is a riboy. Im kema tamud lomar all. So what does the word all come to teach me? All posel bein b'shasavoda bein b'shalobishasavoda. Posel similar to what we said before. The wearing of a yoke so goes ahead and disqualifies the animal, whether you're working the animal or not working the animal. Sharavodos in posels alubishasavoda. Other types of avodah will say only disqualify when if the animal is actually working. All prat. I will say one same question. Why don't they say asher uvad ba? That phrase is a klal, a general statement. All is a prat, a specific statement. Therefore, what do I have a klal prat? prat. And in general, again, the klal prat they only have in the right. The klal is limited by the prat. All in midi achrina lo. It comes to include an all and nothing else. Asher ribuyu. What say? Same as we saw before. The word asher is a ribuy. Incredible. So remember again when we speak about when we speak about the pulling of the yoke, right? Mishichas all pulling of the yoke. How much does the animal have to pull the yoke in order to be disqualified? Amr kimali all. Ultimately, again, literally, we'll say the size of the yoke. Ibaylehu la'akal is that the length or the width of the yoke? Ultimately, again, the amount that an animal has to pull the yoke in order to be disqualified is the size of the width of the yoke, which is a tefach. A tefach. I believe a tefach. Why don't you just say tefach? Why do I have to say the amount that an animal has to pull the yoke is the size of the width of the yoke, which is a tefach? Just say. The amount that I am asked to pull a yoke is a tefach. Hakamash molan shiurad the old tefach. Hamidijas that the size of the width of a yoke is a tefach. I who cares? Lemay nafkmina lemekach umemkar. The boss says what that means is for, for business purposes. In other words, if you're in the market for a yoke, not a Mother's Day gift, right? If you're, if you're right, if you're in the market, right, for a yoke, right? So the boss says, so now, now what happens? You buy a yoke, and it turns out you buy a yoke. That is less than the size of a tefach, less than the size of a tefach. So ultimately, again, you might have thought, you might have thought that, ah, but a yoke is a yoke. No, the fundamental definition of a yoke is something that is the size of a tefach. Good, says the Gemara. I'm Rabbi Yochum and Shaw. We'll say, beautiful, beautiful Gemara here. We'll say, so what is this? What is this whole thing with Eglah Rufa? We haven't spoken about this before. So we, we've, been, we've been hyper-focused on the details and on the halachic practices. Now the Gemara kind of, okay, so now, we'll say, so now we've kind of outlined the halachic practices from this. The Gemara says, what is this? What is this? Right, you find a guy, you find a guy, Nebuch, murdered in between two cities. You bring out a calf to the closest city. The elders are coming there, decapitating a calf. They're washing hands. What, what is this? What is this? To which the Gemara says, here it is. So Amr HaKadosh Baruch Yavi Davar Shlo Asa Peros. Bring something that never, that never produced peros, that never produced fruit. A reference to the calf, right? Because it's a young calf. So therefore never, never had offspring. Bring something that never produced fruit. The Arpimakum Sheino Saperos And decapitate it in a place that is barren, right? Nachal Eson, hard soil, that didn't produce fruit. The Chaper Amishlo Yenich Ulasos Peros. And ultimately, again, let it atone for someone who did not have the opportunity to produce fruit for the murdered person. So the Gemara says, my peros, what, what do you mean he didn't produce fruit? What does that mean? If you tell me it means that he never had children, so what, what about if the person who was murdered was old or the person who was murdered was sterile, was a Swiss, 
So then you wouldn't do Egla Rufa? To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. The Gemara says, Ela Mitzvos. So we'll say, this is an incredibly profound idea. Right? The Gemara says, Peros and Mitzvos. So we'll say, so what, what, what is the tragedy? Right? And, and by the way, this in general is, we'll say, what is the tragic component of death? Right? The Gesher Chaim talks about this in a Sefer and Avelos. Well, the Gesher Chaim is a Sefer of Tukachinsky. And the Sefer Gesher Chaim says, if we believe in Olam Haba, which we do, I believe in an afterlife, I believe in a world to come, which is infinitely better than anything we can have in this world. So why is it that when a person dies, we mourn? Right? Why, why do we mourn if we truly believe that our loved one is in a better place? So of course, Pashup Shat, Shalom Aleph says in God, Pashup Shat is why we're we mourning. I'm not mourning for the person who died, I'm mourning for me. Right? I, I've lost someone who I love, who I will no longer be able to interact with in this world. Right? So I'm not mourning for them. The sadness is not for them. The sadness is for me. I would say, but there is a second element. There is a sadness in death. There is a sadness in death for the person who's died. What's the sadness? person no longer has the ability to accomplish. But say, the most incredible thing about living in this world is the opportunity to do mitzvahs. It's the opportunity to make a difference. The opportunity to affect change. The opportunity in any given moment when I'm living and breathing, even to be able to go out and say, to, to do things in this world. I'll, say, and I'll, just, I'll just, I'll point out, there's a very dangerous word that's bantied around a lot, bantied in, 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 in today's healthcare landscape, which is quality of life, right? And, and people, people think that they could define what quality of life is. And if a person can't go ahead and respond, the person, so I just want to tell you something. Even a person who Rahman al-Islam can't go ahead and let's say operate or function on their own, and let's say speak or interact, we'll say, you know, sometimes a person who can't do anything themselves becomes a chafza shal mitzvah, a literally an object of a mitzvah that allows everyone else to do chasad. You know, sometimes it's not just about what you do for yourself, but it's about what you enable others to do as well. So I'll say, so the holy sold in this world is mitzvahs. That's the whole idea. That's the beauty. So when someone dies, there's a sadness that they feel because you could have done more. You could have accomplished more. You could have been more. Even if the person was fantastic. So I said, says, that's the chap of Egla Rufa. What do we do? What's the sadness when we find this corpse? Now you're dead. And you can't do more mitzvahs in this world. And that's a loss. That's a loss for you. That's a loss for your family. That's a loss for humanity. So what do we do? We take a young calf which is not going to have a chance to birth offspring, we decapitate it on soil that cannot be worked to produce peros, to atone for a person who can no longer produce peros in this world. And I will say, what are your peros? I will say this is incredibly important. Your peros are not your children, right? Your peros is certainly not your bank account. Your peros is not your business. I will say, you know, people like to think that their greatest accomplishment is their children, it's a dangerous road to go down. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you a little, little, little secret. Sometimes children don't do what we want them to do. And sometimes they don't live the lives we want them to live. So if you hinge your entire personalistic success on your children, that's a real gamble of the dice. Your greatest accomplishment is not your offspring. Your greatest accomplishment is you. Is you. Rav Levi Yitzhak Abedich of Zechusi Agin says, this is a pshat. Eile told us, Noach, Noach. What are the greatest offspring of Noach? Right, that's the generation. What, what are the, what's the greatest thing that Noach produced in his lifetime? Noach. Because you is the only thing you control. The creation of you is the only thing you control. We know this. You could birth children, raise children, give, give them every single opportunity to go and naturalize personalistic the greatness and, and surprisingly enough, they may choose something else. Right? It's not my failure as a parent. I did anything and everything I could. My child has Bechir Chav, just going to do. That's why, and you see this all the time, that people, people think their greatest success is my kids. You have to put everything into your kids but you do not control what they're going to become. Your greatest success, and conversely, Hashem, your greatest failure, is you, is you. And I will say, that's why the peros, the peros we have in this world, are not even our children, they're beautiful, but the peros we have in this world, is you, or your mitzvos,
Because that's the fruit, that's the offspring, that's the results that you control. And Abbas says to Gemara, that's, that's the tragedy of Egla Rufa. We take something that didn't produce peros, go ahead and decapitate in a place that can't produce peros, to mourn for someone who can no longer produce peros. Because the tragedy of death is the inability to accomplish more. And the tragedy of life is when you think that something outside of you is your success. Recognize your greatest success in life is what you make of yourself. Let's go weiter. Says the Gemara. Says the Gimara, my peros, good, fine. We take the calf down to Nachal Eisen. What's Eisen? Eisen means hard. How do you know that Eisen means Kasha? That is one long page that I'm going to Okay. <laughs> looks longer. It looks longer than it did last night. Yeah. Right, so, so, okay. Let's go. We got this. We got this. What's Eisen? What's Eisen? Eisen means, Eisen means, Eisen means, Va'omer, so we'll say in this context, actually, Esau means strong, strong, or tough. Va'omer, shimu haram esri ba'ashem ba'esan amos te'aretz, achim omri minayin la'esan shu yashan, shinamar goy esan hu goy me'olam hu. So we'll say, others say Esau means old. We'll say, see, either way, it means, again, old, strong, strong old, strong, or ultimately tough. Va'arfin also begalvetz me'acharecha. We go ahead and we decapitate the calf from the back of the neck. My timer. Gamar arif arif amechatas. So we'll make a gzir shava of Arifa, Arifa, from Chata Sarbos. Remember again, Chata Sarov is, is Hadi, Hadi Shechta Chata Sarov, Malika. Right? So again, Malika, Malika is done with the extended thumbnail of the Kohen. So remember again, I will say, where is it done? From the back of the neck. So just as the Chata Sarov is decapitated from the back of the neck, so to again, Egla Rufa from the back of the neck. Omakoma Asur, I'm in the Zerum of the Abbas. What's the interesting halach over here? You are not allowed to plant anything or to sow anything on the, on the soil, on the area where the calf was decapitated. So, Tanah Abanon, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, Asher lo ye aved bo. Asher lo aved bo, velo yizareya. So the Gemara says, L'sha'avar de Rabbi Yoshev. So this is very interesting. Rabbi Yoshev says, where is the calf decapitated? In other words, not only is there an Isser to plant there going forward, but it should be a place where what? It was never planted before either. Right? Nothing was ever planted there. So there are Yosha, Yonasa Omar the Haba. says, no, 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 it doesn't really matter what was done there in the past. What matters is what? Going forward, now that I plant anything there now. Rav Amr Lahaba. So we'll say Rava says ultimately again it only applies going forward. So the Gemara says, Do Polig, So we'll say, So Rava says like this. Everyone agrees that obviously you can't plant anything on that area going forward. Because the Pasik says, keep legally Sha'ava. So we'll say, what's the machlokas? The Machlokas says, can you do, so we'll say, it's very interesting. Everyone agrees, the area where the Egla is decapitated, you cannot plant anything there going forward. What's the Machlokas? The Machlokas is, can you do the decapitation in a place which was planted and sown, or sown and planted in the past? So, Rabbi Yosheh Sabar, Mik Sevelo Yehubad, Rabbi Yonasan, Mik Sevashelo Nevad, so we'll say, so again, see each of them now, so Rabbi Yosheh, Amar the Sha'avar, Rabbi, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yosheh, Asher the Sha'avar Mashma. Rabbi Yosheh says, Asher means even in the past. Rabbi Yonasan, Asher Ribuyahi. He says the Asher is ultimately again a Ribuy. So we'll say, so again, fundamental machlokis, here's what we come out with. Everyone agrees, the area where the, where the calf is decapitated, you certainly can't plant anything there going forward. The Shaila is, can you use a space which was historically planted? That's a machlokis. Let's go back there. You're allowed to sow flax, you're allowed to chisel stones. So we'll say the Pasik says ultimately again a place, right? So the Mar says, So we'll say, I don't know that you can't plant. How do I know that you can't do other avodas to do with the soil? Says he can't work the land. So we'll say, if it's going to say you can't work now, why does that say lo yizareya? So we'll say, these lines just keep getting wider, right? It's like, it's like a, it's good. So we'll say, it's first of the widest, widest line. So we'll say, now listen to this. Just like zriya, just like planting is unique in that it's a avoda done with the, with the soil. So we'll say, what kind of work is prohibited? Any type of work done with the actual soil itself. 
But what does this come to exclude? Yatzal, Srigas, Pishtan, Benikor, Avonim, She'enam, Bogufa, Shal, Karakal. This comes to exclude, Rabosai, combing of flax, chiseling of stone, which has nothing to do with the earth itself. So in other words, Rabosai, essentially the distinction is like this, is you can't work the earth, but you can work on the earth, right? So in other words, you can't do any soil-related activities, but Lamaisa, again, you could do other other types of avodah on the soil itself. Okay, so the Gemara says, the Ema, Asher lo ye'avid ba'klal, why don't we say, Asher lo ye'avid ba'klal, v'lo yizarea prat, so we'll say, it's a klal prat, Em be'klal elamash shebe prat, so we'll say, in general, whenever you have a klal prat, so the klal is limited by the prat, and we should say, masha prat zriya, in midiach rinolo. So I should say that maybe it just comes to exclude Zriya. Planting, and that's it. Once again, asher ribuyuhu. Both said the word asher ultimately is a riboy, comes to include any soil related activities, will be prohibited, but any type of work on the ground, not in the ground, but on the ground will be permitted. Ziknia erochtsin So I said the elders of the city wash their hands over the decapitated corpse. The whole ziknia here akrovim elachalal. So the Pasuk says, all of the elders of the closest city will come and will go ahead, right? All the elders of the cities closest to the corpse will come and wash their hands over the decapitated calf in the Nachal. Why does the Pasuk have to say Ha'arufa, decapitated? We already know it's decapitated. So the Gemara so we'll say it means that the dafka washed their hands where? On the actual spot where the, where the calf was decapitated. And they say, Our hands did not spill this blood and our eyes did not see what happened. They both say, do we think for a moment that Bezdin spills blood, that these people have to say that they're innocent of this person's murder? Rather, what they are saying is, it's not like he, we saw him and we let him leave without Mazonos. Or, or again, we saw him and we didn't escort him out. So, Tanya. So, we'll say, so again, what they're saying is, clearly this man fell between the cracks. He, right, he, we, just, we didn't see him, but we did not intentionally neglect him. So, Tanya. This is incredible. Tanya. So we'll say, we're going to start this sugi today and have to continue it tomorrow. I will say, we're going to now get into a detailed discussion regarding the power of escorting your guests. That's levia, right? Escorting your guests. So, so the Gemara says, Ramir says, Kofin levia. We force a person to go ahead and escort their guests. Because ultimately, again, the reward for escorting your guests ultimately, again, is immeasurable. We'll discuss why that is. Shine Emar, Vayiru Hashomim Ish Yotze Minayir. So we'll say this is incredible. This is by Sefer Yoshua. Sefer Yoshua, when they were coming to go ahead and conquer the city of Beit El. So the Gemara says, right, So the Shomrim, right, the spies, they saw a man walking out of the city. Vayomrolo, they said to him, Her Anonah show us the entry point into the city. Vasinu Imcha Chasen. And we will, we will, do, we will do good by you. We'll do good by you. Oksiv. So I'll say, ultimately, the man showed them the entrance way to the city so they could conquer it. Umar chesed asim. I'll say, what chesed they do with this man? Shekol osair hargulof icharav. They killed all of the inhabitants of the city. And this man and his family, they saved. They sent away. So I'll say, so the Pasuk says, So this man, this very man who was saved, where did he go? He went to the land of the Chitim. He built a city. Vayikra Shema Luz. We'll say, watch this. The name of the city was Luz. He Shema Adayom Azed. This is the name of the city until this very day. So we'll say, listen to this. So we'll say, what was unique about this city, Luz? What was unique about this? Tanya, he Luz, Shetzovim Batcheles. So we'll say, this is the city of Luz, ultimately again. This is where they make Tcheles, right? We'll say, this city of Luz, which was in Eretzor, the city of Luz, was never touched by Sancheirev and was never destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. Incredible. So we'll say, what do you see from the city of Luz? Something special is happening over here. They made Tcheles there, which is incredible, right? And it was never touched by any of the invading armies. We'll say, get ready for this. Af Malach Hamavas Ein Rushos La'avarba. We'll say, the city of Luz has such protection that even the angel of death, Malach Hamavas, cannot enter into the city. 
So I will say, if that's the case, then what happened? Listen to this. Ella, zikinim sheba, bizman shadaiton katsa lehen, bizman lehen. So I will say, this is incredible. The elders, when they got tired of living, they will say, this is an incredible yisod as well. Sometimes people get tired of living. Right? You, see this, you see this all the time. You see this all the time. But people get older, and the truth is, they feel, you know what? I've lived my life. I'm not scared of death, and I'm ready. I'm ready for the next chapter. And I will say, you know, that sometimes the greatest chesed that people could do for their loved ones is tell them that it's okay to let go. Because sometimes people fight for life, not for themselves, but they feel like an obligation towards family. Family's not going to be okay. And sometimes, again, sometimes the greatest chesed that families do for loved ones is to tell them we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And you, you don't have to fight just for us. You just have to fight for us. So I say, it's incredible you saw that sometimes there is a point where people become tired of living. I saw what happened. So what would they do in Luz? But in Luz, the Malach HaMavis had no power. To which the Gemara says, Yotzin chutz l'chom mason. They would leave the city of Luz and they would die only outside of the confines of the city. Incredible. Now watch this. Now remember, who built the city of Luz? Who built the city of Luz? Who built it? This guy, this guy who showed the spies, or the soldiers, the way into the city of Beitel. And I will say, now what the Gemara is saying is, essentially, he was them. He escorted them into the city. And in the schus of that Levoy, right? In the schus of ultimately, again, that accompaniment, not only was he saved, but what? But what? Ultimately, again, he was given the privilege to build this city of Luz. And this city of Luz was so holy. This city of Luz was so intense that Mamish Tabalach HaMoves didn't even have the power to remain inside of it. It's incredible. So this Kanani, who showed them entering into the city of Bosai, he didn't say anything to them, and he didn't even, and he wasn't even actually malava them, right? He didn't, he didn't escort them by accompanying them. Yet, he caused salvation for himself and for all future generations. And we'll say, what do you see from here? We'll say, if you actually escort someone, if you actually escort someone when they're leaving your home, how much more schar you actually have? The Gemara says, How did this guy show them how to get into the city? He mouthed instructions to them. Rabbi Yochanan says he showed them with his finger how to go ahead and get into the city. There's a price that supports Rabbi Yochanan. Because this Kenani ultimately went ahead and showed them with his finger, he caused salvation for himself and for all future generations. So again, here, the Gemara introducing us to the power of Levi. And I will say, we'll have to stop over here for today. So again, tomorrow, and we're, we're fine, brother. We're right, we're right on target, right? We'll say, so tomorrow we're going to see, and again, make sure to be on time tomorrow, because we're going to start with the sugi tomorrow at uh, 4.30 in the morning. We'll say, so, <laughs> so no, we're going to start at 5.45, just kidding. Right? So we'll say, so again, we're going to see the sugi of Levia. Why is there such a power associated with escorting someone? That literally, again, Kofin, we force someone to escort their guests. The power of escorting your guests is a power ultimately, again, a schus for your future generations. What that power is, why there is such a power, Emirat Sirabosai, tomorrow's daf, shkoyach. All right, everyone's going to have a great day, everyone.